0: to the Couples Guide podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Talia.
1: We're both licensed marriage and family therapists. And today, like every day, (laughs) we're debunking myths and delivering truth about dating, relationships, and everything in between. Trust us. It's awesome. All right. Episode 59. Talia. Yes. I have to tell you something. Yes. I need you. I need you too. Really? Yeah. You don't just want me? <laughs>
0: no, I don't just want you. I need you.
1: Oh my gosh. My life is complete. <laughs> <laughs> that was very vulnerable for me to share that. It did feel you. vulnerable. I felt so vulnerable. <laughs> I don't even know what it means to need another human.
0: <laughs> oh, that's... That's quite the question to right. answer, isn't it?
1: And I think that's what we're gonna answer today. What does it that even is. mean?
0: This, this one is your brainchild, so I would love yes. to follow your lead yes. on what, what we conceptualize the difference to be and what the feeling would be.
1: Yeah, today's episode really is all about that organization and understanding of the differences when people say, I want you or I need you and what do we understand about relationships in those spaces? Because there's a, a version of discussion where people just kind of throw that out, and, and that's okay. That's not really what I want to dive into today. I want to talk about what really are the differences in relationship of wants and needs, because there are very true, deep, relationship needs that we all have yes. and there's I think there's some misnomers out in our culture about that as well as it's just complicated and we don't always know right what those are and then there's also something really valuable about wanting someone and mm-hmm. I want to kind of highlight that the, the power of what those differences are and how both have some positivity but also some have some pitfalls so that that's the point is to help clarify because that language can get muddled and confusing if you don't explicitly talk about it in a relationship.
0: Yes, and I—it it is my belief, timeline in a relationship-wise, I notice a shift in my own life and in couples relationships that I work with. There, it sh- it's like a spectrum. It, yeah. I, every, most things in life can exist on a spectrum, but it yeah. shifts from like, I want this person, I like this yeah. person, I appreciate this person on one end and nobody can see my hands moving, but people know me, <laughs> so I know I talk my hands. And to the other end of the spectrum is like this person, one level and definition of need that while you were talking came up is this person has become such an integral crucial part of my functioning it doesn't mean i can't live without them but it's reached the point where i prefer not to Mm -hmm. and there are some needs only they either specifically as that person or as my romantic partner can fill so that's kind of where my brain is coming from for listeners when i approach this topic today in this conversation with you is that the longer we relate to someone, I think the more, not only the more opportunity they get to meet our needs, which we'll go into today, mm-hmm. both our in, you know, individual needs we might need help with or mm-hmm. relational needs, we do need them over a period of time. We have built a lot, what is that Fleetwood Mac song? And I built my life around you, that lyric. <laughs> yeah. That does become true. We do, Man, while yeah. partnering is going well and relating is going well, we build our life with that person in mind. Mm-hmm. Do I meet their needs, they meet my needs, we meet each other's needs it does turn into that. So that's, that's what I wanted to share in the beginning.
1: No, I love that. That is the growth of a relationship where you're mm-hmm. seeing as you develop bonding and connection, growing from wanting someone into needing someone Yes, and uh, all, all within appropriate boundaries in each yes. phase of that relationship. So with that, why don't we start with the, the, I'm, I want you part when you f- like it might be earlier stages of relationship yes. and what that looks like.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: the first thing that I think about when I'm thinking in a stage relationship where I want to be with a person is there's a really strong sense of self there.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Understanding, which is what we sort of preach a lot on this show is make sure you know you get, you know, if, if you need to be in therapy for yourself to understand right. yourself and who you are and develop some insights and get some acceptance and love of yourself so that then you can share yourself with someone and you have such a strong sense of self that you can be like oh this is me and I want you I choose you I don't need you to define me notice there's that need there we're not including in these early stages Mm -hmm. of relationship it's I know me I can define me Compliment
0: I want me with an yeah. E they complement yeah. my life. They don't complete my life.
1: Yeah. 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 I want you to be a part of my life and I want to include you. That's sort of my starting point in early. Yeah. School.
0: Yeah. There's a desire, which can be defined many ways. There's a desire to be in relation to that person. And it's something we'll probably get into it later, but it's something my dad would say a lot growing up, um, and he would joke about me and my parents' relationship. And he's like, when I first, now knowing so much about attachment, I'm like, huh, interesting lens to look through it. But yeah. uh, learning about it, he, he was always like, Your mom is very good about being like, look, I will, and there's a whole story behind it that's funny. I've told my clients, but it's like, look, I want you. I don't need you. Like, I'm good on my own. This yeah. is not going to change my life. But then as I've learned more about attachment and everything else, and of yeah. course, going through grad school, you learn a lot about your family. Yeah. It was like, What That view of it, looking at other couples who say it, there also can be, not that that's the point of this episode, there can be a little element of like some avoidant tendencies with the, I'm afraid to need you. So I'm going to keep it safe playing at just the, I want you level. Like I want you, as I tell my clients, like next to me, but not close to me kind of a thing. So there's like the, there's light and shadow side to most things. But for this want, some people only want, to keep it as a want because moving into need is too vulnerable like you started up you know we joked but at the beginning of the podcast <laughs> need is vulnerable yeah
1: well and and that's why we're organizing this in a way for listeners to get early on in relationships it is more on that want part of the spectrum yes as you develop intimacy and connection you do open up to vulnerability which is why it does shift as relationship grows into need yes. Yes. The point I think of in this space in the early parts relationship to focus on, I want you is making it clear that there's a pacing element to growing a relationship and you don't want to be on either side. We're moving too slow or too fast. You don't want to be in a space where I met you and second date, I need you. It's like, whoa, that's would be, attractive. yeah, yeah, that's like now uh, that that's putting yourself in a position of defining yourself, like I was warning against, of, by your relationship with someone else this external validation, this other mm-hmm. relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. would
1: be a strong signal to me that, like, hey, I need to work on my independence and my sense of self before I'm ready to share that with someone, right? On the flip side, if you've been in dating for a while or in your relationship for a long time, and you stay in that, I want, but I don't need you, you just described that nicely, but there's a little bit of avoidance there of, ooh, can I actually start building this trust enough and intimacy with someone that be vulnerable and actually depend on them for certain parts of my well-being? Yeah. Um, And that's where we get into, we start shifting into the needs.
0: Mm-hmm. Which I do want to
1: get to, but before we get into that, I'm just kind of curious more about this, I want you part. Yeah. What are sort of the markers? If someone's trying to I, like kind of sift through in that in that soon to be transition period, like, ah, we've been in a relationship for a while. I, I do, am I in the want stage or the I need you stage? Like where are we at right now? So how can they help identify where they're at with, hey, I want this person and I'm starting to move towards needing them. Like what's the, how would you classify I want you stage?
0: I think- urgency Uh comes to my mind not uh, franticness would be an indication of anxious attachment trying to (laughs) rush intimacy too soon um monopolize on their time like if we express our wants as you are mine right my precious like i'm holding them not only is that again more of an attachment lens to look through it from but that the sense of urgency i think slowly goes away in a good way over shifting from wants to needs so when I'm in the want phase of somebody I want to see them all the time I want to know what they're doing not to be creepy but like there's an obsessive quality to the chemicals when you're falling in love like we are obsessed our brains do look like they mimic OCD if you look at brain scans of people who have a crush and people who have OCD the the neurotransmitters are remarkably similar so we do become obsessive we can stay up late at night we're not tired we think about them all the time that's the want stage where yes. it feels like not I have to make this work like it's effort, but like, oh, if I don't see them tonight, what am I going to see them again? Like there is the sense of urgency in the want and there's also Crazy. a high desire for a lot of connection and a lot of intimacy and a lot of wanting to know about the partner. That's how I look at, again, personally and professionally, that want chapter or that end of the spectrum while we're starting the continuum is more urgency, more frequency of seeing one another where is this gonna go? I wanna see them as much as I can. I wanna get to know them, be around them, be involved in their life. And then I, before, and I wanna hear where you're at with that. And then it hits the stabilization point of like, okay, they're here, like we're doing this. We are in a relationship. And then before we move on to the next phase, I wanna hear what you have to say about that want phase. Yeah.
1: Well, I agree with what you're saying and just add to it that it's in that desire space where it's kind of like the passion of a new hobby, of a new person, a new knowledge, so you it it really is a choice. like, hey, do I choose to spend my time with this new person or thinking about this person, or do I choose to spend my time with my friends or my family? And that's always a balance. But in the want, I want you, it's really focusing, you know, I want to have this time with you, and I want to be doing this because of how high and good that feels with within within the early stage of a relationship. And I do think it's really positive to acknowledge that there is something about I want you versus need you. I think it's really nice in early stages of relationship to be able to go, no, I'm still, we're still separate enough in our lives that I don't need you in it. Like I'm still just doing my life, but you're so exciting, interesting, unique, special to me. I want to prioritize you. I want to set time aside for you. I think that is a wonderful compliment when it's in that appropriate stage, the earlier stages of a relationship. Yes. Sure. So that's sort of how I'm denoting it. And one part of that, as we shift into the needs is, it's, it's also marked by there isn't the qualities of the next stage, the I need you stage, which is where you depend on that person for emotional safety, connection, and, and trust to kind of go through the soothing stages of a relationship, because you haven't formed that connection yet, appropriately so, you haven't gotten to that stage yet. Um, that's, that's another marker, is like some of the things that are missing still in the I want you stage, mm-hmm. because it's all choice and it's all prioritizing, right. as opposed to you've now established and created separate unit which is the 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 deeper connected relationship
0: yes and i think in the beginning we i recommend this for most couples no matter where they're at in the want or need it does shift obviously like percentage wise but having other people in your life to meet other needs like friendship needs emotional connection needs Mm -hmm. And not venting to friends about your partner, but like getting a therapist, having trusted friends you can go out with during the week or on the weekend, or you're still, you're still getting your needs met and your other needs met by other people. Yes. It's also a great way to slow down that want and okay. really enjoy that phase or that chapter with your partner. Yeah. And before you're moving into needs. So it's yeah. like, they, they, I give the like pie example to my clients like you have your work slice your friend slice your family slice your Mm -hmm. self slice and your relationship slice Mm -hmm. not in any particular order but there's it's going to fluctuate so the more you can get your needs met by you the more you know which needs to be met by your partner and wants Mm -hmm. right i would like this to happen but at the end of the day if it doesn't i'll be okay is different than a need it's like i needed you and you weren't there for me this hurts differently than like i wanted to go to pizza with you but i can go with a friend instead like there's a difference there in the want and need and for i think the key difference when i work with uh i would say earlier phase want Mm -hmm. couples where they're like reintroducing the want or they're in they're like an individual in my office but they're in the relationship there's this cute feeling i get when like they walk in the room that they're just like they're just so amazing. Like the sun shines out their eyes. And it's like this feeling of like, they don't know really what's going on behind the scenes of that person yet. That also helps the want of like, I want to get to know them. I want to prioritize them. I want to go on dates with them. Those elements, I recommend couples keep even in the need phase. That yes. like desire to get to know the person and that curiosity and continue to date that needs to stay even when you need them.
1: Yes. I'm glad you said that because that's one of the things I wanted to mention too is as we transition into the I need you phase, you don't lose the I want you. No. If if anything, it's paying attention to both now. You've Mm -hmm. almost just added the I need you. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad you said that because I was thinking the exact same thing where starting to differentiate these two types of relational dynamics when you're able to now also have I need you in it, still remembering, wait, I still want to foster, I want you. And that's actually one of the, the things that you hear a lot of experienced couples say, take the work in yes. long-term relationships is it can take a little more effort long-term to remember that I want you parts to remember that, oh, I need to put some effort into, I do want to spend time just with you going right. out to dinner because all these other things in life are taking my attention. But I'm going to remember that that's important because I do want you. And it takes more of a conscious effort than in the early stages where it can kind of be like, like you said, the obsessive part of the brain's going off. So you're just kind of like so obviously focused. But I love that. Um, So as we talk about moving into the I need you part, still remembering that I want you stays there. And there's still important ways to remember that um, as you move forward in your relationship.
0: Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: In the I need you stage, as we've already started talking about, there is this deepening that happens. There really are genuine needs. And like you said, when you look at that pie of different needs, you start as trust, connection, and intimacy build and grow in the relationship, you do start appropriately shifting some of your emotional needs into the relationship. Um, And to be clear, when I'm talking about these kind of I-need-you experiences, I am talking about relational needs. We all have – so that's another thing just linguistically. The Maslow's
0: hierarchy of needs is different, yeah.
1: That's different. Uh, What you're talking about with Maslow, those are like your – like. Basic There's food and shelter needs. Um and love those and
0: longing, things, steam, whatever. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And so that's a different style of needs. We do need those things. You do need right. food, shelter, water, you do need safety, you do need love and but we're actually kind of staying in that love and longing higher, higher level of need.
0: And then, uh, an important note on that, if you are not in the higher levels of the pyramid and you're struggling to get those physiological safety yeah. needs, need water yeah. shelter. Yeah. It is no wonder why some people who are really not doing well on that chapter are like, not that it's no wonder they don't have a relationship. It's not a wonder if we look at like the needs pyramid of an individual plus the needs of a couple, yeah. if their needs aren't being met, even on the fundamental level, it's going to be very difficult to have yes. that loving, trusting relationship. So yes. all the more reason, yeah. I want to note that all the more reason, get yourself on a stable as much as possible, add resources, et cetera. Get yourself stabilized before seeking out that love and belonging phase, like um, level of the the pyramid from Maslow.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, And so setting those needs into a different discussion today. That I need you. We really are talking about those relational needs. Yeah, relational. And I actually keep a little post it on my desk in my office. So that when I'm working with clients, I actually remember these needs. They're so important to the style of work I do in emotionally focused therapy, because we're always getting into what these needs are. And so the needs that I've sort of accumulated and written down over time that I'm talking about, that I need you really start with safety Mm -hmm. and acceptance. You can break that into being understood, respected, appreciated, valued, and mattering. Um, those are kind of feel like I'll go under acceptance, but those are all kind of different ways of looking at those needs, which at the end of the day comes back to this need of being loved. We do have those, those relational needs, but safety and acceptance are sort of what I call the headliners. Um, safety relates to trust. Uh, acceptance has all those other ones of respected, appreciated, understood, valued, mattering.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and that's the experience of love.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, those are the needs that I think about as we move into the need phase mm-hmm. of a relationship at deep end. And those will be lifelong. Once you get to that, that's those will always be things a relationship to attune to. Um, I know that's very much my style and my, why I think about needs in the EFT phase. What about you, Talia? When, when I say those, do those jump out at you? Does that kind of hit when, when you think about I need you or do you have a different perspective on that?
0: Those, for sure. And... I think needing, <laughs> needing to be needed, mm-hmm. right? Like it, not that not, that's definitely not like a therapeutic yeah. uh, intervention or term, yeah. but we as humans have a desire to love people yeah. and be loved by people and belong. Not like yeah. we somebody owns us, belonging. but like we want that sense of belonging. And I, I think we all have a relational need to be needed. And this is where that shift from I want you, I need you, I I believe that's where we have the sometimes disparity of what are we, right? The talk of what are we or the define the relationship. One person has arrived at the station of I need you. Yeah. We want to check to see if the other person has too. Yeah. He's like, oh, I still just want you. And we're like, okay, bye, I'm catching the next train. (laughs) That is where I see that DTR talk or whatever it is happen is at that crucial I've reached I need you and right. I want to make sure you need me too. Yeah. Because if you're still just wanting me and I'm ready to give you the I need you version of me, mm-hmm. we're not on the same page. So yeah. the the need to be needed and I think there's other needs like fun. We mm-hmm. talk about that a lot in like Gottman like the fun, the playfulness, um, being, you know, obviously like communication needs, trust needs like what you were, you mm-hmm. know, kind of saying originally as well. I think yeah i would add needing to have like that fun that playfulness needing to be needed um and knowing that there's going to be times where your partner can help you meet your own needs Mm -hmm. like they awaken needs in you that you didn't even realize that you had or were safe to ask for i don't know what i would label that as but it's a pretty cool feeling when your partner teaches you something new about yourself or they help you uncover this like oh my gosh i didn't even realize how much whatever it is, mm-hmm. changed my life. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. yeah, discovery needs maybe is what I would call them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I classify it into that understanding of self mm-hmm. too, um, mm-hmm. which is part of that, that need. And when you say like need to be needed, I absolutely agree with that. And that's where I look at like, that's the, I, I label that and it's just linguistics, but I leave that as like that need to be valued and the need to know that, that um, we matter to our partners. That's that need of being needed. Yeah. Um, Do I matter to you? Do you value me? And those are similar to some of the themes from the I want you stage. Like, oh, I want you, you want me, that feels good. But even just using this different language of need, value, and mattering, do I matter to you? You know, listeners, you'll notice the deepening of that. If you think about the different levels of emotions behind those words, valuing and mattering has this sort of sense of power and, and connection. Yeah. And that's where it's shifted into needs in those examples.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and the way that I would help describe what that looks like when it show, when you're in that space in a relationship is consider that once your relationship is established or you've been in it for years, and you've been married for a long time, Noticing that you've really integrated this relationship into every part of your um, life, and that this is your this is your primary human. You know, if we're if we're talking in a in a monogamous space, then we're talking about hey, we have developed as a species that for most of us having a one primary person is our initial unit of living. And we really have developed in a way in our culture that that's the person that we go through life depending on and working as a team with. And when you're in a successful, healthy relationship, you're going to thrive that way. And so it's having this, I need you because you really do start developing these connections that only your partner can truly, deeply, intimately fulfill you can feel accepted by your friends, and that's important to have that in that pie of yeah. emotional um, needs being met. But it also is so much more powerful and deep when it's your primary partner. Yeah. There's so much. There's so much more going on for us in our brains, in our in our bodies, and in our um, emotional space. And for some people, in spiritual space, when it's these needs are being met by your primary um, human in your life, right. right. And I think that one thing to think about is like, if I, if I talk about like, cool, this is why we do it. Think about this template of, can you turn to your partner in times of distress and say, are you there for me? Can I trust you to be there for me? And, And notice how powerful it is when the answer is yes. It's, hey, I'm in distress. I'm in, you know, the hard times is when you can notice these needs really come out. I'm struggling here. And when I turn to you, are you there for me? And when you are, oh. I can get through it because I feel safe. I know you understand me. I know you value me. I know I matter to someone. So I can tackle way more of this this crazy thing called life because you're with me.
0: It's true. I think the most powerful, secure attachments prove time and time again, you're there for me when I need you, and I'm there for you when you need me. And we're both meeting each other's individual needs like I'm yeah. meeting my needs you're meeting your needs so we're more available and resourced to meet yeah. each other's needs and yeah. I get asked a lot uh, especially on my Instagram like when I do q and how do I you know how do I get a secure attachment do people like that even exist that doesn't even sound like a real relationship like a lot of disbelief almost around like what, like, that's not how relationships are, they're pain, they're, they, they, they like, go through, you know, the, like, I only get the want phase, and I'm always wanting people that don't need me back, and, you know, it's a key part of being in a secure relationship, and that felt sense of safety, like, I'm just thinking about my relationship now, like, one of the most secure that, not only that I've been in, but that I've actually, like, seen, like, in my, in, obviously, it's a very biased experience, but, like, and I, we obviously see people who are hoping to move towards that or they're working through other issues but even in specific examples, when you're reading articles and I'm like reading things to tell people of like these are the hallmarks of a secure relationship. I love that my relationship has all of those qualities where I can rely on the person and they will be there or and if they're not able to be they communicate to me, I would so love to be able to do that for you. I literally can't because I'm at work or what have you Can I do it later? Can I send someone in my stead? Can it like, there's work to be done like that they're offering, that my partner's offering if indeed he can't be the one to meet that need. And I think that's a key piece of meeting your partner's needs also, this I need you chapter that we're talking about. If I can't, do I know who can? And that's a really big hallmark that I look for in a very, you know, like long-term relationship when I work with couples. Does this person—it's like a love map in Gottman. Does this person know your best friend?
1: Uh-huh. Do they
0: know who to call if you're having a rough day and my like if they can't handle it, but they know your best friend can? Do they do that on your behalf and try and help you meet those needs? Even when we're poorly resourced, right? We go through a loss, we go through a work stress, a tragedy, something in our own individual self that our partners like walking alongside us for. Can they help me to meet my need? Is I think a very key factor in a healthy secure committed relationship if they can't meet it do they know who can can they ask me who can or is it just like meh i didn't know how to do it so i just didn't that's like that's still in the i like want you like you can handle it on your own we're fine yeah
1: yeah i like the this that image of like um your partner walking with you in these times of distress. Because it doesn't mean that the partner, that your partner has to always be the solution to any moment of stress. It's just, can I sit with you when this is hard? And can I maybe offer some ideas of other resources? But at the end of the day, I'm just going to be here walking with you because that alone is comforting and soothing to be like, I hear this sucks for you. I can't do this right now in any other way, but at least. I can be with you. Or if it's like, but um, you're saying earlier about like, maybe like, hey, right now I'm at work, I can't be there in this moment. You can trust me that as soon as I'm done with work, or in our world, as soon as I'm out of session yeah. <laughs> with my clients, I can be with you. Yes. And you know, and you can trust me that I will be there as soon as I can. And I think that's a just another way to look at the I need you stage. And that I talk to my couples all the time about where we're looking engaging. can you turn to each other for comfort and soothing? At the end of the day, that's what we're looking at. When you're in distress, can you do that? And in the I need you stage, your partner is one of the most unique, special people in the world to you, so they can offer you the most comfort and soothing more than any other human in the world. Um, So it's pretty sweet when you get to that stage. Yes. I wanna point out some pitfalls And point out how, like, we're talking about needs in a very, like, umbrella view, in a very deep emotional space view. But in our day-to-day lives and in our culture, some of the pitfalls we get into is saying, well, I need you to take out the trash. (laughs) I need you to do more chores. I need you to have sex with me X amount of times a week. Like there are ways that we say we have needs that are very different from how you and I are talking about needs right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to, do you want to spearhead this one?
1: Well, I just want to, I just want to say, Hey, careful if we're, you know, if for listeners, anyone who's in relationship and you're taking this podcast, but Oh, I have needs versus wants careful to, about weaponizing the word need. In a way that, like, because that has happened where the word need becomes weaponized. It's
0: like a thinly veiled demand. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, um, it's important to make requests of your partner and say, hey, I would like the chores to be done. Or, hey, I would like sex right now. um, And how are you feeling about that? And that's important that's different than a need. (laughs) It's just different. So paying attention to some of those pitfalls and making sure you don't weaponize the word need.
0: Get clear on it and be, I am really big on positive languaging, like neuro-linguistic reprogramming, incentivize your partner, request this of your partner, make it something they want to do. Like I call it an attractive option. If it's, I need you to take out the trash. I would be so aroused right now if you took out the trash, right? If that's really what I'm hoping for, like it would mean so much to me in the way of knowing that you'll follow through on what you've said you've done if Mm -hmm. you take out the trash, like being clear on what that need is meeting and then verbalizing that to the partner. Eventually after so much time, I do believe couples can say, I need you to take out the trash because they've done the groundwork of what that represents, what that, that quote unquote need being met, represents, but it is very good to delineate, do not use need in this sense as a thinly veiled demand or a request or like I must right and we're not tyrants hopefully in our relationship of like well I need you to do this well I need you to stop being an asshole it's like no I would feel safe for having this discussion continue if I didn't feel attacked is really what I mean by saying I need you to not be an asshole so yeah. it's getting more vulnerability like we talked about that need chapter of the relationship is vulnerable it's yes. raw it's it's very much so open, you're cracked wide open, ideally with your partner. So be clear on what that need being met would do. And that's how you'll get further in your relationship by sharing that rather than I need, it's just then they may become a bunch of like whiny quote-unquote needy people like, I need this, I need that. It's like, well, meet your own damn needs, right? I need a million dollars, but I don't have it, right? So I think being clear on if it's a request make the request of your partner, explain to them what it would mean for you and how it would benefit the relationship. It's healthy manipulation at its finest. And it is a good suggestion to give to couples. So you can actually teach your partner. This is why I like this. This is what this task being done or quote unquote need being met would mean for me, for how I view you and for how I view the relationship. And then it gives an honest assessment of like, yeah, I can't be the one to do that. Like this, these needs are not the ones that I can meet. And what a gift, right? If that person isn't able to meet all the wants, needs, et cetera, that you have in requests, I'd rather find that out earlier than too late in the relationship or like really far in where it's like, Ooh, you're still in the wants and I'm <laughs> eating. Ooh, right. Wow. Or like we're needing totally different things. And because we didn't want to be vulnerable and ask, We didn't find out until multiple years in, and then it's harder to detangle. So I I would say, like you said, make sure if it's a need, that's really a request, or Mm -hmm. you would like it, or it would be a benefit, use that kind of language. And then if it does become a need, then yes, absolutely let your partner know, but not use it as a weapon or thinly veiled demand.
1: (laughs) Well, I like that you're taking this tack of like, with the trash example of, looking at this positive language and healthy manipulation to be Mm -hmm. like, well, I still want this. So let me sort of point out in a fun way, how (laughs) this would, you know, wash over me. Mm -hmm. And that that's a really nice space to be in for a partner to take ownership of what they would like from their other partner, but then do it in a way that is constructive and not shaming and can actually lead to some more connection. Yes. On the flip side, if it really is getting so frustrating, the trash example, instead of I need you to take out the trash, another tack is to talk about and understand as you were suggesting, well, what's the underlying need? For example, that I could see how that would easily be a need to be um, valued. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be that one. I'm just in this example, it could sure. easily be hey, when the trash gets taken out, or let me back up when the trash isn't taken out, and mm-hmm. that is in my head my partner's duty, then I don't feel valued because it's I don't feel like I'm cared for, right? I'm not cared about enough that my partner's not remembering how important it is for me to take the trash out. So instead of getting into the anger, frustration, and complaint of the request, you you take take the trash trash out,
0: out, right? Yeah.
1: You can start sharing with your partner. Hey, I really don't feel valued in this moment. And maybe you shift it away from the trash because maybe the trash will just never, you'll never be on the same page. Maybe it'll just always be a challenge, but Mm -hmm. what if that underlying need of being valued was met in other ways Mm. and you constantly in your relationship, even when the trash wasn't taken out, you saw and go, Oh, I hate the trash thing out, but you know what? I know I matter to my partner and I'm valued. Then you won't have the same flare up of frustration. So two steps to that is noticing under like the potential of a weaponized and need you to take the trash out the deeper underlying genuine need and to communicate that. And then second part, also being able to go, well, if in this moment, it's not going to be met by this like arbitrary action, mm-hmm. how can I get that need met in other ways so that overall in the relationship, that need is constantly met so it doesn't bug me that the trash isn't taken out?
0: And it's bids for connection and yeah. having money in the emotional bank account. And I would even say, again, like the positive languaging, instead of telling your instead of focusing on the negative of like, I don't feel this, I don't that, you know, all like the negative languaging. It's like, I letting them know, I feel the most valued when fill in the blank. Even hearing that you're, and there's difference between male and female brains, like the example with the trash. It's like, well, I want you to take out the trash. What do you need for me in order for that to happen is how women can talk to men. Mm -hmm. And men will often be like, just tell me when you need it taken out. And we're like, okay. But women are like well they should want to take out they should want to want no men do not think like that they do not have estrogen as much as women do in their brain you're wired differently so if we learn how to communicate with you and you learn how to communicate with us it goes a lot smoothly it goes a lot more smoothly even for these seemingly menial tasks if i teach you what it makes me feel in a positive way and what i would glean from this I'm more likely to get what I want from my partner, right? Like I thank my partner for making the bed every single day. Like it's a wonderful, I'm like, thank you. I appreciate it so much. And it's a positive reinforcement. He'll be like, wow, this feels great. I love being thanked and appreciated rather than if I never thanked him for it and I let it go and took it for granted, right? Those I took those needs being met or wants being met for granted. They slowly dwindle. And that's when you and I see couples come in. We used to have this, now we have this, help us get this back, right? And that's the key piece is appreciate constantly, even the smallest wants and needs being met, mm-hmm. small things often all the way to the big things. You are more likely to get what you want if you focus on how it makes you feel in a positive way, mm-hmm. rather than complaining about what isn't being done. Because mm-hmm. you and I both know our brains going to, are you fucking kidding me? You're complaining <laughs> about this when I just did all this other stuff. And then yeah. we get completely derailed from the point of You're right. I had a moment and I chose to focus on this negative thing rather than all the positives. Like you were saying, let me take a look and look through my rose-colored glasses. What is going well? What aren't the needs being met in the grand scheme of things? Is this really a big deal? Am I having a tough day at work? And I know when I do, I like everything clean. Like that's my own kind of conscientiousness level and neuroses. And that's on me. That's not my partner's job or need responsibility to me that's my own thing so I will then take out the trash if we use that example right so I think the deeper we go on this the more you realize if you state your needs in a positive way like when that need is met how does it make you feel you will get it met more often rather than complaining it's not being met that's my advice
1: I love that which I love to say I guess to you all the time I'm pretty sure like listeners now like on the podcast Ryan always says that um but I do love it and I think it goes to an idea of how relationships do take work. And I think that's a good thing yeah. it, because taking the time to slow down instead of make a complaint and think about sharing how you're affected positively when the needs met, that takes some emotional energy and it can be exhausting. That's the work of it. And it's worthwhile work. It pays off so much. Yes. So, I just point out, like, you know, uh, I always like to look at relationships when people say, oh, it takes a lot of work. Like, how do you conceptualize that? Because I think we hear that all the time in discussion in society. Well, relationships take work. This is one example of where it takes work because it takes emotional energy to slow down, shift from our reaction of negativity into let me look for positivity and put some patience and compassion behind my communication and my bids. Mm -hmm. And also it takes extra energy because the way our brains are wired to automatically evaluate threats, i.e. things we don't like. It takes also energy to focus on all the cool things that our partner does do, that you can just on a separate topic, just be, hey, I appreciate this. Hey, I really, you know, I'm so thankful for you in this. Mm -hmm. That's where you can use the idea of I need you versus I want you to start helping you identify those what do you want because remember you don't want to get rid of the i want you parts when you've shifted into i need you in long-term relationships yes so using the i want to oh i like these things about my partner so you can look to those positive traits of your partner you oh, i want this and mm-hmm. even articulate them and say hey i appreciate this i want this i like this smack I heart, or whatever yeah yeah
0: i want to need you you yes. don't want to cross over into like uh can't even need them for this. Like sitting there calculating, like how could I untangle myself from this relationship? So I don't need them for so many, like I think whatever episode it was, when it's like deciding to not partner together anymore, I do think couples shift back from like, I need you to like, this is nice, but I don't need it. So (laughs) we want to keep this forward trajectory of needs being met, wants being met. I want to need you. It feels safe to need you. I love needing you in those ways. I love knowing you'll be there for me. To meet those needs and they're safe to ask for if they're not already being done seamlessly
1: yes yep i love it i think that is the episode i think that gives a really good outline so thank you so much everyone for listening if you have questions for me and talia or you um want to have a specific topic Answered yes. on the podcast, shoot us an email, Ryan and Talia at the Couples Guide Podcast.com.
0: Or slide in our DMs. Uh, mine is at Talia Bombola and Ryan's is at Ryan Hill Therapy. Yeah. Let us know. And you can also follow us on the Couples Guide Podcast on Instagram. If you like our episodes, please share them. Share them to your friends. Like them and let us know what works for you. We want to do more of what you like.
1: Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Take good care.